ball. Lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would see. I like you the way you are when we're driving in your car and you're talking to me one on one, but you become somebody else around everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You're trying to be cool. You look like a fool to me. Like this, you fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into. Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it. No, 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 no. Anyway, guys, how are you doing? This is Mo Classo. Uh, with my next episode of the Just a Nobody podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And it's exactly, actually, um, it's exactly, uh, it's exactly 7 p.m. Actually, 7 p.m. sharp this, uh, this Sunday evening. And thank you guys for really tuning in. It's almost now, um, uh, uh, two weeks. It's almost two weeks uh, since I'm back with my uh, with this episode. Uh, that's because I was not really doing well. I don't tell people when I'm not doing well. I'm not, you know, whatever, because I just don't like doing it. But I have to tell you this time because uh, I didn't do a, an episode last Sunday because I caught up with indigestion. I don't know what really happened. Like I was eating all homemade food or whatever, but something went wrong with my my stomach and uh, I don't know I didn't know what to do you know I uh, I it took me about I could actually record this I could record the episode but I didn't want to like you know I was feeling very uneasy and I said forget it you know like uh, health is wealth right so um, <laughs> so uh, till I got all right I said okay I recorded on Monday and it just didn't happen then I said okay let me do it on Tuesday but that also didn't happen. But then I felt better, uh, like uh, uh, Tuesday-ish. I was feeling a little better. But, you know, I said, hey, man, what's the point in recording? You know, my next uh, next episode would just be two to three days down the line. So I said, forget it. Let's let's miss it this week and let's record it next week. And I'm explaining, I'm saying, I never tell people when I'm sick. I don't like doing that, you know. Um, uh, but I have to say it this time because I missed an episode last Sunday. And that's on me, definitely. Uh, but hey, man, I'm just a nobody. It doesn't matter whether I do an episode or not, if I miss an episode or not. So hey, man, come on. Um, so I'll tell you what I tried, you know. Uh, I remember my grandma... Um, she, uh, when she was... Uh, she lived... Uh, when she came home and whatever, and she had, uh, you know, acidity or gas or whatever... Uh, she, uh, she always like told me like, you know, just makes, make, uh, uh, jira tea. Now jira is basically cumin seeds, uh, which is, uh, which, uh, which is to ask me, which is called jira in Hindi. So she used to tell me to, um, boil, uh, cumin seeds, uh, in water and then allow it to cool down and then kind of strain it. Like just the, just the, the liquid. Uh, remove the cumin out by straining it and then afterwards give her the um, the tea uh, 
uh, which she which she felt really good. She always did it, and she didn't ask me for cumin uh, the jira tea or the cumin uh, seeds uh, tea just once. Like she had this problem, uh, and uh, she used to ask me, and she used to feel much better. So what I did is, hey man, I just remembered her, and I said, hey man, this is what I'm going to do, you know. Um, because medicines don't always work so let me just I, I just said let me try this for like two to three days and see what happens so i tried it twice a day uh made jira tea made this cumin seeds uh, tea and actually i felt better you know um uh which is which is great i mean it's unbelievable that you know something like grandma's recipes can really work homemade uh, kind of therapy and I feel much better, definitely. So talking about my grandma, actually. Uh, <laughs> so when I thought about her when I was sick and I used her uh, her medicine, like her medicine was also turmeric milk, which is very good for throat and stuff like that. So it does work, you know, these, uh, uh, these, uh, these for small, I'm not talking about, you know, big diseases and illnesses. You can't treat it with homemade uh, stuff. But these small things, you know, uh, it really works. I just give it a try. And if it doesn't, you know, I'll go for medication because I hate taking medicines. I try to avoid it as much as possible, you know. But, uh, yeah, so thinking about my grandma, I also remember and then immediately I was like uh, on Instagram uh, kind of putting out videos of me uh, speaking in Portuguese. Now, my grandma was very fluent in Portuguese because... She was she was born in Goa. She she was born Goa in India, and um, now Goa is a small uh, it's a small kind of an island. It's an island, beautiful coconut trees, etc. My grandfather uh, was uh, a Bombay was born in Bombay. So actually, my grandmother moved from uh, Goa, the island, to Bombay after she got married. But before that, she was living there. So uh, now Goa is an I what is an island which was uh, colonized by the Portuguese for 400 years, okay? And when they had colonized it, my grandmother was uh, uh, was there for a few years or whatever. You know, Goa got independence from Portuguese uh, for, on the 19th, December 1961. So it's very recent. It's like, I don't know how many years, about, um, say, about 65 years back. 19th December 1961 is the Independence Day that Goa celebrates. It's a small island in India. So, um, so because the Portuguese were in Goa for 400 years, many people in Goa on that island speak Portuguese. And, you know, many people can also uh, go for, uh, who, were, who were born during that time, could go in for the citizenship uh, of Portugal because of that. Just like, you know, the Hong Kong uh, British thing, you know, because uh, um, the people in... Um, uh, it's it's the same thing. Like you know, when uh, when when uh, Brit Britain had colonized Hong Kong, uh, and all those people bef born before uh, you know uh, before Britain gave Hong Kong back to China, uh, are el were eligible are eligible for uh, British citizenship. It was same in Goa. So uh, my 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 grandmom was born before 1961. Uh, and so she could speak fluent Portuguese. And I, I wish, you know, while she was living, I spent some time actually, uh, I, I, I wish I'd spend more time, you know, learning the language because she was so fluent, you know, uh, this would be my fifth language that I speak because I've never learned a language. You know, I always say to people, I never learn, I, I don't remember learning a language. The four languages that I speak, 
uh, is just because I started speaking right out from my mother's womb. When I came out of a womb, bang, bang, bang. English, Hindi, Marathi, Konkani, I started speaking. So maybe, you know, I could have, uh, I could have actually spent some time learning Portuguese. I wish I did that. Like literally, I wish I'd done that. Uh, uh, so the only things, of course, I spoke to her. Um, and my dad, mom didn't speak because they were, uh, uh, they were born, you know, after the independence. Uh, I mean, they were after independence and uh, they were mostly uh, from Bombay. So, uh, but my grandma was the source, you know, I wish I'd really spend some time with her to learn the language but i just know the one to ten that's what i got from her uh the undo stress caught through sing set with novidas i keep kind of you know showing off with a little bit that i fucking know <laughs> uh it, it feels good you know kind of i, I want to learn a new language i literally want to spend some time uh learning a new language because you know that's something i've never done and uh, I wish I can do it with Portuguese. Maybe I could do it with Portuguese. You know, I should just spend some time. And then I also learned a few things like, you know, good morning, bon dia. Good afternoon, botard. Good evening, bonoit. How are you? Kamestai, you know. So these are a few things that I learned from her. And I still remember them, you know. Um, and a big thanks to her because of that, um, definitely. Um so uh so yeah that's why i didn't do the episode last uh last uh last sunday is because of uh this whole thing of indigestion and all that my stomach was really upset man i was actually uh i don't know for what sake for what sake i was literally like hey man nothing's staying in my stomach oh what to eat like you know i was boiling uh i was just having uh bland soup like no spices i couldn't just take spices for a few days but then i got out right by tuesday tuesday evening i got kind of all right and i felt a little better i thought actually i should do the i should record my episode but then what happened was it's already tuesday and then it's wednesday thursday friday and then Saturday. So in four days, I'm going to anyway record another episode. So it doesn't make any sense doing it. It has to be done on that particular day. So I missed it. Hmm. So uh, I was just wondering about this Twitter hack, you know, that uh, happened a few days back. So it was it was like crazy. Uh, was it was it yesterday? No, I think it happened this week. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's just more mind boggling because I actually had come across Bill Gates, uh, tweet. And when I read it, I believed it. Hey man, I believed it. Okay. And I'm a person who actually digs down and doesn't believe anything for the first shot, but I actually believe this, that Bill Gates is going to, uh, make, uh, make an equal pay, uh, p- payment, you know, for anyone, uh, donating, uh donating for a good cause uh for the cause that he was promoting and i was like hey man that looks real and then i came to know that it was all faked out so all i want to say is you know all those people who were hacked like the bill gates the lan masks and uh i don't remember who else but all of them who were hacked who you know uh who hackers hacked to say that they would make double uh, they would uh they would match the payment 
uh, were basically 1% of the population, you know, that we talk about the rich, the wealthiest people, you know, they're the one, one, 1% of the population. And all those people, like 400 people, I think they got, uh, they, uh, they were full, I wouldn't say full, poor thing. Yeah. They kind of donated thinking they're giving for a good cause. Uh, and, um, all of them, you know, they made, a, uh, I think all 400 of them, they made a donation of $121,000. So those 400 people basically were thinking that, you know, if, uh, all these big shots made the equal payments, it would just go to double $121,000. That's $242,000. Uh, so I would say, you know, uh, all these 400 people who kind of uh, gave in to this hack thinking it's real, they're the good ones of the 1% of the population, you know? They're thinking, they, they, made, they made the donation thinking that, you know, it would be doubled and uh, it would go for the good of society. So there are really good people out there, the 1% of the population that we get behind. You know, we keep kind of criticizing them for being the top 1%. But hey, man, there are the good ones there as well. You know, not all rich. Don't go behind the rich people because they're rich. The many good ones out there. So, um, so these 400 people kind of contributed, uh, you know, uh, they're the good ones, the 1% of the population. Um, and because when it comes to Bitcoin, I don't know what Bitcoin is. Okay. Hey man, the only thing that I visualize Bitcoins to be a coin, which is in gold. I don't know why I just visualize it that way. And that makes no sense. I don't want to understand it until it's, it's really, uh, it comes to everybody's level, but Bitcoin is something that is a very rich people's playing game, you know? So, um, so, uh, it's all the rich people who were, uh, either trapped who got into this uh, whole thing of uh, making a donation or who hacked, you know, whose accounts were hacked. Um, it seems there was one donor, like one person who made a donation of $42,000. And he probably was thinking, you know, uh, whoever's, uh, whichever fundraiser he kind of donated it to, he thought that that big shot would, uh, would make an equal payment. So he thought the total amount would come to 84000 it happened and i hope twitter now it was on twitter now you know social media platforms are not really safe they're not really safe because uh, i read bill gates uh, that tweet and i really believed it you know uh, i thought bill gates was actually making an equal payment don uh, donation so uh, i hope twitter is investigating this whole thing and all those 400 people who made 121000 uh, donations they get their money back and so that they can redirect that $121,000 to, uh, to those good causes that they were meant to go to. So I hope Twitter is really working on the scam. Uh, and um, it, it, uh, Twitter should definitely make sure that, you know, people uh, get their monies back. You know, that is important. That is important to me for sure. Um uh, and, you know, I, I was just thinking like, you know, hey, man, uh, I know this is a scam. I know this is a scam. But all those people, the 1% of the population, like Bill Gates and Elon Musk, they must have read it. They should participate, you know. They should say, okay, fine. I know this was a scam. But, hey, man, we'll make that equal payment, you know. So the 121000 they should just participate and kind of, uh, uh, that money is nothing for them. Bill Gates and Elon Musk and uh, the Amazon guy. So, um, 
So that's what I'm talking about. And since we're talking about rich people, like, hey, man, don't go behind the rich, you know. But all I want to say is, you know, I was um, I was watching this. Uh, I was watching Chris Rock, uh, his uh, one of his comedy specials, one of his comedy bit. And he was talking about the difference between wealth, wealthy people and uh, rich people. You know, uh, we almost always classify the wealthy like the rich or the rich as wealthy. But there's a huge difference between both of them. So I want to kind of play this bit by uh, Chris Rock. Um, and then we, we talk about how sensible and how much sense this guy really makes when he really distinguishes between the wealthy and the rich. So let's listen to this Chris Rock bit. It's a comedy bit. But as I always say, you know, comedy, it's fun. It, it makes you laugh. It gives you those giggles. But hey, man, there's a tr- there's truth behind comedy. You know, it comes from reality. Uh, and that's why I appreciate comedy. Because imagine listening to truth. And at the same time, you know, the whole thing makes you laugh. So let's listen to Chris Rock and then we talk about uh, the whole thing. Here it goes. They will never legalize drugs in America. Okay, the first reason they will never legalize drugs in America is because the government makes way too much money putting our brothers and sisters in fucking jail, okay? That's first of all, okay? For bullshit. The second reason the government will never legalize drugs in America is because, you know, God forbid some brown people got wealthy. Can't have that. Because drugs come from brown countries. We can't have wealthy brown people. There are no wealthy black or brown people in America. We got some rich ones. We don't got no fucking wealth. People go, what's the difference? Here's the difference. Shaq is rich. The white man that signs his check is wealthy. Ah, here you go, Shaq. Go buy yourself a bouncing car. Bling, bling. I'm not talking about rich. I'm talking about wealth, okay? I'm talking about the white family that owns all the fucking Similac. Those rich motherfuckers, okay? I'm talking about the white family that owns the color blue. Those rich bastards, okay? I ain't talking about Oprah. I'm talking about Bill Gates, okay? If Bill Gates woke up tomorrow with Oprah's money, he'd jump out a fucking window. He'd slit his throat on the way down. Ah, shit. I can't even put gas in my plane. I'm not talking about rich, I'm talking about wealth. Because wealth will set us fucking free, okay? Because wealth is empowering. Wealth can uplift communities from poverty, okay? A white man gets wealthy, he builds Walmarts and makes other white people have some motherfucking money. A brother gets rich, he buys some motherfucking jewelry, okay? Do you know what the fuck I'm talking about? I ain't talking about rich, I'm talking about wealth. Wealth is passed out from generation to generation. You can't get rid of wealth. Rich is some shit you can lose with a crazy summer and a drug habit. Fuck, Rick James was rich. <laughs> One minute you're singing Super Freak, the next minute you're doing Old Navy commercials. Give it to me, baby. Give me corduroy. Not talking about rich, I'm talking about 
Well, now don't get me wrong. It's not all white people's fault that black and brown people don't have any fucking wealth. Maybe, now just maybe, maybe if we didn't spend all our money on rims, we might have some to invest. We don't give a fuck, boy. Black people, we love rims. We will put shiny ass rims on any piece of shit car in the world. We don't give a fuck. A brother put rims on a toaster if you let him. Yo, man, I got some raisin toast sitting on 22s. They are 22s. Look at them, motherfucker. Look at them. And they spit it, nigga. They spit it. They spit it, nigga. They spit it. They spit it, nigga. They spit it. We don't give a fuck. Money's new to black people. It's new to us. We the most money-wasting motherfuckers on the face of the earth. We spend money like we think the shit's gonna rot, okay? Brothers riding around with TVs and the headrests of the car. The TVs is on and ain't nobody in the back seat. I ain't talking about rich. I'm talking about wealth. I'm not talking about rich. I'm talking about wealth. I love that bit by Chris Rock, which is so kind of, um, you know, so kind of makes sense. Uh, there is a difference between wealth and um, uh, which actually made me realize just after I watched that bit. Um, you know, where he says wealth is empowering. It's passed from generations. You know, it's actually born with a golden spoon in your mouth. Uh, for example, yeah, and rich is like, for example, you know, a doctor's paid, uh, is paid a good salary uh, uh, every month after month or whatever. So she's rich, you know, the doctor's rich. But there are other expenses that come with that salary you know whether salary you have to kind of continuously work to stay rich you just you can't just get one paycheck and it's done you know uh no matter how how great that uh, that check may be so um so that's the difference and i love that you know because um so even the rich actually are staying are living paycheck to paycheck because they have to work to be able to stay rich and with uh and as you grow richer, richer, you have those expenses which keep increases, increasing. And then you have uh, so many uh, loans to look after, house loans, etc. So it's different, you know. Whereas the wealthy people are basically able to not only satisfy their needs like the rich people do with the salary, but they're also able to go out and... Uh, you know, uh, live happily, make a lot of investments. Like they have a lot of assets. They have real estate. They make investments. They have f cash that is flowing. Um, and uh, so that's the difference between being rich and being wealthy. And the best part about being wealthy is, you know, you don't see, they're not, they're, they don't have lavish cars. They don't have flashy gold. They don't have those gadgets, you know, that rich people really have and they flash out. They're super frugal, actually, if you, if you go to see. Wealthy people are super frugal. Like, look at Bill Gates, you know, what does he wear? I mean, he just wears a normal, uh, normal stuff. He's not blingy. He's not roaming around lavish cars and flashy gold and gadgets and things like that. So, you know, and that's, I think that's, that's the key, you know, that's the key between uh, the difference between being rich and being wealthy, which I love that bit by uh, Chris Rock. Um, 
um it's a comedy bit i don't know which uh, uh special comedy special that was but it is from as one of his comedy special specials and uh, since we're talking about uh, we were talking about twitter the twitter hack i was just wondering you know uh, about how jack dorsey he's so brilliantly as he's always been uh, even he and even uh, mark zuckerberg they both have kind of you know uh, talked about uh, the universal basic income how important it is and i also have been uh, i keep talking about it uh, on my podcast with real examples but the best part about it is jack jack dorsey very recently last week he donated about 3 million to uh, us uh, united states mayors uh, for Uh, for for kicking off a universal basic income pilot program a pilot project you know in 15 cities so 15 cities the mayors in all those 15 cities have been given like equally distributed 3 million dollars to be able to initiate the universal basic income so the major problem with universal basic income which is free money no matter who you are how much you make whatever you just get some money put in your bank account which will take care of your basic needs like food clothing housing healthcare uh, education etc so you just get some money you you to utilize it for your basic needs no matter what whether you're working whether you're not working whatever you have guaranteed amount which goes into your bank account depending on the basic living we're not talking about lavish living just frugal living like basic living so no matter who you are you always have a roof over your head you always have food going in your stomach you always are you have clothes to wear you have your health taken care of no matter what your disease is whether you're rich or poor you get the same treatment and education which is a must so these are basic needs so um so i like jack doxy's uh, donation of 3 million dollars to kick off a pilot project you know to see because the main problem with ubi is you know how we're going to budget for it every country every city every state that's the question that they have like how we're going to budget for it the idea is great no one is saying that the idea is not great but how we're going to budget for it is the main question so you need to do a lot of testing you need to do a lot of uh Uh, you need to test this pilot a pilot program in maybe a few cities and test them so i love this idea of jack dorsey of tying up with the mayors and kind of kicking off this project so let's see how it really goes it's like testing a vaccine now we are developing the uh, coronavirus vaccine what are what everyone's doing testing there are 100 vaccines that are being uh, tested um uh, across the globe So we need to see how it really does, you know, because UBI is a must. Now, just because we don't know how we're going to budget it is not uh, is not the reason we should not really uh, go ahead with this project. We need to find a way. And so this pilot project was really going to help, which I really liked uh, at the first go. And um, because uh, it's definitely going to give uh, peace of mind, as I always say. it's so important as human beings we need to have that peace of mind we can't just keep going and going and being stressed out you know and this inequality this difference between the rich and the poor it's not going to it's not going to 
it's not working you know it's not working and as always the pandemic has exposed it so um so let's see how uh this three million dollars is going to be you know when it give big is given it's already given to the 50 to 15 mayors of 15 cities uh i think the cities are like la atlanta new york new jersey jackson mississippi uh, and it's going to be tested on 7 million people in these 15 cities. So let's see how it really works. Because the main goal ultimately is to get people out of poverty. You know, uh, there should be a cushion to the economic and uh, career blows of the coronavirus. Because it is, it uh, the coronavirus is really, exp- the pandemic is really exposed. Um, societies all over the world. Uh, and then uh, UBI will also uh, decrease income inequality, which we're seeing so clearly. Hey, man, it's so clear. You know, some people are like relaxed taking this pandemic. Doesn't affect them. Just doesn't affect them. You know, but some people are literally they don't know what to do. You know, it's affecting their mental state of mind. There's no peace. So uh, there's also going to be economic security for families uh, during emergencies like what we are in. Uh, basic needs are met, which is great. There's dignity. Some people can live in dignity, whether this is a pandemic or no pandemic. You know, you have a home to live. You have a roof over your head. You're not outside in the street. And I'm talking about people all over the world. And this peace of mind and confidence. What else can anyone ask for? Of course, the main question is, how we are going to budget for it all over the world all over the world people want to know hey man this is a great idea but how are we gonna budget for it so let's find out you know let's see what this pilot project that uh, jack dorsey is funding will eventually find out but hey man i love this project i really am with uh am with it completely um you know, because uh, because no matter what, you know, UBI would definitely spur entrepreneurship. Now we talk about basic needs, etc. But at the same time, it will uh, it will spur entrepreneur entrepreneurs. You know, to take those risks, to come ahead, try. You know, uh, and try to innovate. Like Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg was already well to do when he was starting uh, Facebook. He was well to do. He was not. He was not uh, contributing to the uh, his house income. You know, he was. He had not nothing to worry if Facebook failed. You know, something that he was creating if it failed, it failed. You know, it's not going to be a big deal for him. And he said, Mark Zuckerberg said that if I had to support my family growing up instead of spending my time learning how to code. If I didn't know that I was going to be fine if Facebook didn't work out, then he would be where he is today. You know, he would be, he would not be where he is today. He would not take those risks. He would not go ahead and do it. He was, he was financially stable. His parents were, uh, were, were, were well to do. You know, he was, he came from a well to do family. So UBA will help people to take those, uh, risks, you know, to make, to innovate, to create, to be entrepreneurs. Because it gives you that peace of mind, you know, you're not just working uh, those two to three jobs and not learning anything new. So, uh, so that's what I really liked about uh, uh, this whole thing, you know, about Jack Dorsey's uh, brilliant plan of starting a project, you know. And it's important for those 1% of the population to really keep talking about it. It's important for every city's. 
uh, every politicians in every cities and every states and every country to be talking about it because there's you cannot just keep saying that hey man how are we going to budget for it i know it's a huge project it's going to be a big deal you know but you have to find a way and maybe a pilot project will ultimately help us find a way so that's what i really like about it actually you know literally like literally like literally i really uh, admire admire this project you know and i would do when thing for love all right i would run right into hell and back dun dun and i would do anything for love i'll never lie to you and that's a fact dun dun but i'll never forget the way you feel right now oh now no way and now would do anything for love and now would do anything for love and now would do anything for love but i won't do that no i won't do that now the problem with the song is but meatloaf is i know what he wants to do i know what he's going to do for love i know that he's going to run right into hell and back he uh, for love he's going to he's never going to lie to uh the girl that he loves and that's for a fact he's never going to do that and i would do anything for love but then i won't do that but what I know what he's going to do for love but I I don't understand what he's not going to do for that love because in this entire song he says he just tells you what he's going to do for love but at the same time he also says that but I won't do that no I won't do that but what's that that man Hey meatloaf You need to be clear You need to be clear that's all that i'm talking about so what's happening with the coronavirus man hey man <laughs> like it's uh, it started may march mid and like we are already in the end like it's all the july 19th so what's happening guys like how long is this corona virus going to be in our- i wish i could see the corona virus but with my nude eyes like literally like i wish i could see it you know like literally i wish i could see it like this is just like too much you know it's just playing hide and seek for too long i wish i could see it with my nude eyes but only thing of course some good news let's start with some good things that have come out from it um France uh, like I was just reading somewhere that France is giving healthcare workers 9 billion euros in raise that is all healthcare workers in France I don't know how many of them in total I wish I found out that number but everybody's praising them we all know frontline workers they're big deal they're a big deal especially in healthcare they're doing everything they're putting their uh, lives in in you know in on the front lines to kind of save people you know uh, literally dying from the virus 
So I love uh, the good news that I want to share that France is giving about 9 billion euros as a raise uh, to uh, healthcare workers. So it's not only praise, which we all are doing. It's good to praise them because they deserve it. But at the same time, we need a raise their pay, you know. So praise, because praise and raise are two completely different things, you know. It's good. Both are good. Both are important to kind of, uh, but you need to pay someone. So I like I like France's uh, new healthcare uh 9 billion euro raise for healthcare workers. I hope every country is also looking at this and also going to pay their healthcare workers the same way. Um, then uh, another good thing that I heard is that CDC head saying that mask wearing uh, can actually uh, get COVID-19 uh, under control in four to eight weeks, which is brilliant. Like four to eight weeks, it can happen. Why not, you know? So uh, if something we are very sure of, that mask, which is so, you know, a cloth, and you can imagine that you don't have droplets flying out of your mouth, which is definitely going to save people uh, people from getting infections, you know? It's so logical. So a CDC head has actually said that in four to eight weeks, we can bring um, it under control. So I, th- I think there should be a global, global mask-wearing mandate that is no matter where you are in the world, you have to wear a mask no matter no matter what, you know. Uh, so we don't have all these political arguments and making it a political game show, whatever, you know. Everyone wears it no matter who you are and what you do. It should be a global mandate. Forget making a national mandate. We're talking about global year because it's going to be great. Uh, another thing uh, is um, there was uh, uh, Fauci, I think Dr. Fauci, he also mentioned about New York uh, being a great model for the world. Now, New York was an epicenter uh, for coronavirus cases, global epicenter, basically, with 10,000 new cases each day in April, and that reduced to 776 cases in July in two months. Um, So that's a big thing. Like it was 40% tested positive sometime then, and then it uh, decreased to 1% today which is brilliant. I think it's commendable. And Dr. Fauci is definitely right when he says that the New York model should be uh, should be followed because New York is a crowded place, you know. It, it relies on public transportation. People are so close to each other, like literally in, in their faces, you know. Like I was, um, when I lived in Bombay and I was learning how to drive a car, my trainer told me that if you can drive in Bombay, you can drive anywhere in the world because Bombay is such a crowded place, you know. You have to not only drive to take care of the traffic and look at the traffic, but you have to also understand whether this person is going to cross the road or not, you know. Uh, you're learning, you know. Uh, so if you can if you can do anything in a crowded city, you can do anywhere in the world, you know. You can survive anywhere in the world. And that's what my drive, I remember it even to today, that if you can drive in Bombay, which I did, you know, you can drive anywhere in the world. Because uh, that fast life teaches you, you know, uh, to be to be able to uh, to kind of change with your environment, which is which is brilliant. So that's what you know. So Dr. Fauci has said that New York should be a should be a model. Everyone all over the world, or even in the nation, should kind of follow the model. Now, what did New York do uh, that makes it uh, so successful? It had strict stay-at-home orders. Businesses remain closed longer than other states um, or other places 
in the world. Reopening in New York happened in four phases. Phase one was when construction, manufacturing, select retail curbside pickup was uh, was the thing that was, uh, you know, opened up. That was uh, the reopening of phase one. Then they followed phase two where professional services, uh, retail, real estate and finance were uh, open, started opening up. Phase three of the re- reopening plan and strategy was restaurants and hotels. And phase four, which is going to start from tomorrow, that is July 20th, uh, that's going to be arts, education and recreation. So, um, so you know, if you, if you were to follow one model, I think New York is a model that we need to follow because if, if a city is so crowded, so dependent on public transportation, so close to each other, building so close, you know, living is so close to each other, uh, uh, shops crowded, you know, if, if a place like that can uh, be, uh, can achieve what they achieved, you know, if it can go from 10,000 new cases per day to 770 new cases per day, hey man, we need to just blindly follow what they did, you know. Uh, and of course, you know, wearing a mask has been, is, is like become so political when it's actually supposed to be science. We're fighting, um, you know, uh, we're fighting the coronavirus by, uh, by making it all political, you know, when actually it's, 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 a, it's a matter of science. That's all I'm saying. So the good, good is yet good news. Like this is, this, these are pointers for us to get better. Uh, of course, the negative uh, part of uh, the coronavirus thing is uh, UN Secretary General. He said that the world is at a breaking point, and that he um, and that he call, he called for a new model for global governance. Yeah, because uh, the pandemic has exposed, and like I was saying, it exposed inequalities all over the world. So um, UN Secretary General said that the global governance model that we're currently on, it's not working for everybody. You know, it's like uh, the pandemic is kind is like an X-ray, you know, uh, which is exposed and revealed a lot of fractures. It's like it's like an X-ray that has revealed a lot of fractures in the fragile skeleton of societies that we have built. That's what he says. You know, we have built now these fractures that he's talking about. Our uh, free markets can, uh, you know, the, the myth that free markets can deliver healthcare for all, the myth that un- uh, unpaid care work is not work, the delusion that we live in, uh, in that we are already living in a post-racist world, which is not true, you know, the myth that um, we are all in the same boat, which is not true. We all are not in the same boat, you know. We are not in the post-racist world. There's a lot of racism still. Um, and uh, then the isolation of a lot of uh, places all over the world, uh, like African nations, are underrepresented at the levels of power, and that's why they're just ignored, you know? They don't get what they really need. So that's the only negative point that came out from um, about the UN General Secretary saying such a thing. Um, so I would say, yes, we need to, uh, and the best thing is we could begin with is, I think, UBI, you know? Uh, let's begin with it. You never know. It could just play wonders uh, with all of us. Okay, I've just got cramps on my one leg because I was cross-legged for a long time, about 43 minutes now. And my one of my leg is cramped up because I was sitting in a cross position. But anyways, it'll get fine. Let me just, let me just, let me just wake it up a little. Let me just wake it up a little. Uh, so, uh, 
I was talking about, you know, these relationship status of people. Uh, like what's happening, you know? Like what, 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 are we, what are we trying to do with the relationship status? Like I only thought we could be you're single, you're unmarried, or you're married. That's the, these are the two relationship statuses that people literally have. But now there are so many new things that have come up with it. Like it's not any single married, but hey man, you have relation new titles like uh, you know depending on your one night stands or whether you have some fetishes or whatever. Like the new titles are basically like open relationships. Complicated. That's a relationship status. Bad marriage for life is a new thing that I've heard. Entanglements is another thing that I've heard. So, you know, all these new titles are basically uh, you know, uh, relationship statuses that want to have their cake and eat it too. You know, that's why these new relationship statuses have really come. See, marriage is really not meant for everybody. Okay. It's very hard to keep a marriage going for years. Of course, some people can do it. Good for you. Hey man, lovely. But marriage is not for everybody. And that's why we have these new relationship funders, you know, uh, that come. You, if the marriages don't work, it's divorce. That's it. But no, we want to. We want to still keep everything. We want to have the have the cake and eat it too. And that's why we give new relationship statuses like open relationships. Complicated. It's complicated, you know. Bad marriage for life is something new that ever and entanglements, you know. So. Uh, uh, so that's a sad part about what's happening with that, uh, which makes me kind of laugh, like, you know, giving it new relationship statuses. Um, hey, man, uh, if it's not working, I'll just separate, you know, or think about it because marriage is not meant for everybody. It's a really tough relationship to keep. That's what I would say. But no, we want to have a cake and eat it too. <laughs> We want to do everything, you know. So we come up with new names. Mm, yeah, so um, so that's what I wanted to talk about uh, this week. Um, I was actually, uh, it just actually broke right now. You know, uh, a few minutes back, Nicki Minaj was uh, was trending on um, was trending on Twitter. And when someone trends, I'm like, you know, what's happening? You know, why are they trending? And I checked it out. I just found out that um, uh, Kanye's uh, new song, uh, New Body, I believe, uh, uh, in which Nicki Minaj has kind of uh, sang the chorus for the song. Uh, so I believe, uh, and it's, it's, it's real news. I kind of checked my sources. So Kanye, I believe he's going to kind of remove Nicki Minaj's, um, what is it called, a part from the song. Uh, because he wants to transform into, uh, you know, he wants to transform into into a gospel song because of his new path in life. And there are some words in those lyrics which are not that, you know, which does not describe the new path in his life, you know. So I believe that there were some creative differences between Nicki Minaj and uh, Kanye West. And ultimately, Kanye decided to kind of uh, take it off. So I was like, you know, let me go and check that song out because I hadn't heard uh, New Body. But I believe, um, so I checked it out and I, I'll tell you, okay, F take it from me. 
that song is a mega hit so that song is basically it addresses uh, issues of body shaming and the stigma surrounding plastic surgery you know wherein uh, someone has a botox or someone has a plastic surgery or someone uh, you know we kind of criticize them so it's basically you know saying that hey man it's it's a new body you know girl uh, can't wait to see a new body there's a there's a there's a there's a line there's a line in that song so it's basically not stigmatizing plastic surgery you should welcome it if someone wants to do it let them do it and then body shaming you know uh, putting a number to someone's uh, body so uh, basically it basically addresses uh, that's the song all about new body and nikki's part is in that song and i would say nikki nikki the uh, nikki minaj her part in the song is so brilliant that the song is a hit because she's in it like literally um and uh, so i listened to it and i want to play it uh, before we before i go just her part just listen to it it's so brilliant that if it if it is out and kanye actually takes it out you know that song is going to be uh, completely different you know um and uh, you yeah, let me just play this you can just listen to it and then um i'll be on the side so this is just nikki's part that i'm playing uh yo we go no bitch got a party table at the room chris all bad bitches take a group pick had to step back cuz she too thick used to drink to every every song saved up the buy ass and you're very very young FaceTime body look like Don Perignon Don't pay me no attention, Don Perignon Can't wait to see a new body Don't be acting like you don't know nobody Nobody count on your new body I'll be the first one that you know So that's a bit um that's a bit of Nikki. I love Nikki Minaj. I'll tell you why. Because of that um that attitude, you know? Uh the attitude in a song uh in her voice and the personality. Of course, the lyrics are like crazy here and there, but I love that attitude and the personality that she she brings out, you know? Uh so I don't know if this if the song New Body, which I love, uh the issues that it tackles of body shaming and stigmatizing us stigmatizing people uh, having plastic surgery i would definitely say um 
uh, without Nicki Minaj, the song is going to be completely different. You know, uh, that's all that I had for this uh, this week. Thank you guys so much, man. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it because, hey, man, it's a big deal. You know, if you really uh, put in uh, put in some time to listen to me, you know, for God's sake, to somebody who's just nobody. Uh, anyways, um, don't forget you can write me uh, uh, on my Twitter, DM me on my Twitter account at. Uh, M-E-A-R-L-C-O-L-A-C-O or you can also email me at um, just nobody um just nobody podcast at gmail.com that's my email address uh, if you want to kind of fee- come on my show you want to kind of uh, contribute if you want to kind of say something that i was wrong in trying to explain please feel free you know i would love that happen you can come in uh, and you know maybe i could just take you um, we could just talk uh, on the on one of the episodes so don't forget to write to me just nobody podcast at gmail.com that's it um anyways uh, that's all for me uh baby bye 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 bye